Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. You start us off, Tommy. Oh, Oh, well then. Hello. Welcome Welcome to Deeper. Good to have you guys with us. Welcome. Um, And and to the people listening on our podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great to see all of you. It's just uh, a beautiful day. Beautiful 102 degree day here in Las Vegas as we... Get ready for a little bit of deeper. All right. So, we're going to go deeper. Yes. Let's do it. Very interesting sermon. This I don't know if I agreed with anything you said, but it was very interesting. <laughs> well, why no, not? I'm kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. It's too hard. Well, you know, Tommy, you said something before we went on, and I, I, think, I think that's a good insight. What did you say about contentment? Oh, I guess I was being honest and said, Dang, being content is really hard. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until we started the sermon series, maybe how discontent I am. <laughs> oh, are we making you feel like you're more discontent That's than right. you are? You, right. guys, what are, what you are, guys are doing some Christian shaming on me. <laughs> what about the rest of you? Are you feeling less content now that we're talking about the ten or the contentment commandments? Well, I think it does bring up some stuff though. I think mm-hmm. it's more that I never really thought about it. Like I to give it a much attention, but just as we're going through some of these commandments of contentment and kind of seeing them pointed out, I'm like, oh man, that's kind of hard. <laughs> and you know, it is an interesting thought, and you kind of brought this up. You can be slightly discontent in certain areas and have contentment in other areas of your life. Yeah. It isn't like it's all one or the other. Maybe that's what you're feeling because this sermon series has brought up to me. Yeah, I do that. Oh, I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Well, does that mean I'm completely discontent? No. It means that in these particular areas, these are things that bring discontentment into my life when I am discontent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not remembering to rejoice often enough. Um, resenting situations or people or things that people say. Uh, all those things can bring discontentment into your life. But it doesn't mean that you're just this constantly discontent mm-hmm. person. Right. right, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And Lynn said, you know, she finds herself looking a bit harder to find the joy in each day. Mm. Well, you know, and when you brought up what you did, too, one of the questions I asked was, is it harder where we are? Because, I mean, our lives are fairly complicated. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids, jobs, careers, stuff. I mean, if I were living... Uh, a hundred years ago and didn't know everything that was going on immediately and I didn't have instant mm-hmm. access to everything and you know you didn't have to worry about the air conditioning breaking and you know just all this stuff it's it's almost like a society at least for us in this country has gotten more technologically advanced and things are better in many ways it also makes it a little more complicated and maybe even less it's almost like it's harder to be content when you have more excess of things. Although I would say that not not being able to go to a grocery store, yeah. um, not having enough f- 
food in your, your house to eat for several days and always having to maybe worry about getting your food or, mm -hmm. um, you know, dealing with the elements, not having climate controlled houses, all of those things probably made you a little more discontent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yes, but, it but, is a more complicated world, but it is a, a world of much greater ease. But if you didn't time. know what you true. didn't have. But one That's of true. the things I, I, you know, I mentioned in the sermon, because I've heard a lot of people say this over the years, especially married couples said, you know, when we first got married, we didn't have much. Mm. And maybe especially in material resources and things like that, but we were really happy. Mm. And so it, it is the reminder that you started out with, you know, the prior week, Pastor Don, that Remember life rejoice. isn't about accumulation, but it's about contentment. And yeah. Paul said, I've learned to be content, right. which is what we're doing, learning to be mm -hmm. content. Mm -hmm. And and remember, we need to remember to rejoice. Absolutely. And it is funny because we do live in a society that says to accumulate. You accumulate money in your 401k so you can have a nice retirement. You accumulate things so that your life is easier. You accumulate money. You, um, you accumulate friends. And it, really, there's just very little happiness in the process of accumulation. I, I was joking in my sermon, and I said, some of you really resent your financial planners right now, and even more today, because the market's down a 1,000 points again. Is it? Yeah. Um, it's going to be all over the place for a while. <laughs> but, yeah, there's, there's, just, there's a lot of stuff. So the first contentment commandment was... Thou shalt remember to rejoice. And that's what Pastor Don talked about. And you guys. Because you have to remember to do it. Yep. It doesn't just happen. Yep. Mm -hmm. So remember to rejoice. And then this week we moved into it. And it was based on um, when Pastor Don kicked off the sermon series. Again, we're, it's coming out of Philippians chapter 4. And Paul is kind of trying to say thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Very good at it. it. It's a little disjointed thank you but he goes I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me indeed you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it mm -hmm. and, and it's almost like thanks why did it take so long <laughs> but thanks anyway but thanks yeah but the, the the point is is that he could have gone to resentment and said you know I could have used a little help sooner and why didn't you get it here but as he took some time to think about the situation the Philippians were in, he realized they did it when they could. Yeah. And so he chose not to resent them. And that's the second uh, commandment in the contentment commandment series, which is thou shalt refuse to resent. And that gets to be a little too difficult. It can. Mm -hmm. Depending on life circumstances. Um, I wish my relatives would have settled in Orange County, California, instead of North Dakota. Kind of resent them for not doing that. Not a lot of beach in North Dakota. No. Yeah. No. Not a lot of winter in California. But it made you tough. <laughs> it made you tough, Pastor yeah. Scott. Yeah, it did, or something like that. But but you know, but the flip side of it is because it gets into the the second or the third commandment, which we'll get to, is I also have to look back and realize what a great childhood I had where I grew up and there were a lot of great things about it but it's easy to go to a place um, and choose to resent you know why didn't my ancestors do this why didn't my mom and dad do this why didn't they send me to a better school why mm -hmm. didn't you know all this kind of stuff rather than again rejoicing in the moment choosing to be grateful uh, choosing to rejoice um, 
and then refusing to resent. But it isn't always easy. Do, is some of that kind of go hand in hand with like giving grace? I mean, it, it almost seems like when I find myself in situations where I'm feeling very resentful, it's like a lack of grace toward the situation or the other person. Yeah, I think and that's a good, good way of saying yeah. it. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things I want to just share is that some of the places where um, resentment can come from, a lot of resentment comes from dealings with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't just mistakes that were made in the past or decisions were made in the past by parents and that, and that might be part of it. But I took this from WebMD. Uh, resentment can be caused by relationships with people who insist on being right all the time. Yeah. By being taken advantage by feeling taken advantage of by an, another person, by feeling put down, unrealistic expectations of other people, and then emotions that can flow out of that include anger, frustration, hostility, bitterness, hard feelings, and uneasiness. Um, and so, I might resent someone because of what they said to me mm-hmm. or what they didn't do for me or what I heard they said about me you know what's that saying you want to be right or you want to be happy we have a 20 year old daughter that would absolutely answer I want to be right (laughs) 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 so she wouldn't even hesitate and oh boy does she bring out some resentments Uh, it's just unbelievable Um, yeah so what areas do you need God's help in, Pastor Scott, to feel less resentment? Hey, I preached. I don't have to answer. Oh. <laughs> okay, we'll start with Tommy then. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> or, or think about that at home, too, or wherever you're watching. Yeah. I, I mean, what are the areas of resentment that maybe you have in your life? Um, I actually don't, I don't tend to be a very resentful person, but my, one of my big areas is I just people that spew nonsense um, whether it be political or emotional or just verbal nonsense just drive me crazy conspiracy theories things that uh, run other people down uh, the people that are spreading lies and hate in our country I resent them, I resent what they're doing to our country and I need to be able to let go of some of that uh, because all they're doing is creating uh, an atmosphere for greater disunity and greater anger and angst in our country. And uh, they're only doing it for profit and political gain. And it drives me crazy because I don't think they even believe some of the BS that they say. But it, cre- it creates a lot of discontent in my life. And I need to let that go. Yeah, because it, it hurts you. It hurts me. And yeah. I can't really do much about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll speak out against it when I can. But the way you speak out against it matters as well. But. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the the harm that they're doing, I think, to our cultural fabric, really causes me some angst. But I need to be able to let that go, and uh, and just let it be what it's going to be. So there's mine. Yeah. Well, you thought of one? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it when you read the list from WebMD, and <laughs> <laughs> I think my unrealistic expectations of people is kind of like the overarching of what kind of leads to resentment for me. And I think, and not 
I don't want it to come off like me thinking I'm better than other people, but I guess I just expect things to be done the way I would do them. You're or not say talking them. about Pastor but Diane. You, <laughs> you do things so well. There's no way. That's unrealistic expectation. And when someone else doesn't do it to the same standard that I would have set myself to, I get resentful of it, whether that's in a relationship or a friendship or How are you still situation. married? <laughs> I have a really chill husband. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's really good. I, I think, you know, I, I did think of something where I'm resentful, and obviously there's more than one. But I really have a difficult time with, especially Christian leaders who put down other Christians. Mm. And so that the world who, the world that either isn't Christian or the world that isn't any longer practicing, and when I say the world meaning people, practicing Christianity because they've seen Christians attacking each other. Mm. And, and, you know, without going way into the weeds, you know, a lot of times when I'm getting ready for a sermon, I'll go on YouTube and type in what I'm talking about to see what other pastors say. And I look at the comments on the YouTube videos from other Christians about what a lousy insight this preacher has or how terrible or they're wrong. And it's, it, it's terrible. Or I hear, you know, I'll, I'll hear it preached that, well, you know, Lutherans are Catholics. They baptize babies and that's terrible or, you know, mm. Uh, you can't do that and that's not really Christian or you know you shouldn't have wine at communion because it's alcohol so the disunity of Christians yeah but but especially leaders and I guess when I say leaders pastors mainly who who seem to spend so much time preaching against other Christians Mm. rather than preaching the love of Christ and saying can't we all be on the same team without agreeing that everything has to be the same that even I, a football team has people with different skills exactly. and different beliefs but they all have to, the more they work together the better they can they can uh, better ch- as a result that they can achieve you know it's interesting that i was a buddy just sent me a uh, video uh it was tiktok i forget but it is a it's a preacher and it's i want to say he's in texas but it definitely somewhere because he got a little bit of an accent to him and it's kind of one of those big churches and he's literally saying in his sermon if you're a democrat i want you to leave right now i want you to leave because you're a baby killer and if you don't and if you believe that the election was stolen i want you to get out of my church right now and there's people shouting amen and hallelujah and he's just and he's just going on and on and on about how you can't have this political belief and be a christian and it's literally it's in his sermon he's ranting he's foam flying out of his mouth I'm thinking to myself (laughs) that is why people don't want to be Christians because if you don't have that very small narrow belief system that he and his group his congregation has you don't you can't even be in his church you can't even be a Christian you're a you're a horrible person you're trying to tear down the country where's that in the Bible where is that in the Bible but Somehow, some of these far-right-wing Christians have been preempted by politics. I think politics has worked well, its, it's way into... Well, it's become their religion. It is. The politics has become the religion. And that's unfortunate, because we need to preach the love of Christ. Yep. And I don't remember ever hearing Christ say anything like that. In fact, the only time he really got upset was with the religious leaders when they were starting to judge other people. Yeah, that see. seems to be the only time that Christ really had some... Some harsh things to say. Let's uh, see. Let he who is out sin cast the first stone. Right. Mm. Woman, yeah. The woman at the well. Mm. You know, I mean, over and uh, the, the the tax collectors, he actually 
really welcomed in the marginalized, the people, and was not a big fan of people judging other people. Yeah. 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 So there are a lot of things we... Resent. But it's hard because, you yep. know, we have, uh, we have those resentments yep. as well. Right, right. And this is, this is a tough one, and this is why we have to kind of take these contentment commandments to heart. Um, refuse, remembering to rejoice and refusing to resent. When that you feel that resentment creeping in, it's a good, good reminder to say, okay, I can, I can, I, I see what this is, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Acknowledge it. Yeah. Acknowledge it. Don't just push it away and pretend it's not there. Acknowledge it. Maybe kind of figure out why you have that kind of resentment, and then refuse to let yourself go there. Yeah. Just refuse to to let it really get seated in your heart. Oh, I wanted to share, uh, Lynn shared one of uh, a resentment that she kind of struggles with is that um, she's in the position of spending her retirement years without her partner. And she finds herself being resentful mm. of that situation. Yeah. Yeah. That he was taken too soon. That wasn't yeah. the plan. I mean, that wasn't, yeah. Yeah. And it'd be kind of curious, who do you resent for that, Lynn? Is it a resentment towards life, a resentment towards God, a resentment, is there resentment towards your partner for dying too soon I mean I'd be kind of curious where that resentment resides um, I, I've heard other people say that in fact it came up in in our uh, we call it now it's going to be called sermon 201 which is our group after church on Sunday morning which anybody's welcome if you're here physically to come to in the youth room but somebody said uh, after class they resented their spouse who died she said I have a lot of anger that he died and my life I think similar to what you're saying, Lynn, that wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm in this place where I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things Paul says, and if Lynn responds, go ahead and say that. Yeah, but you know. but um, Paul in his letter to the Galatians said, we have freedom now because Christ has made us free. And I, and I think that's one of the areas we have to hang on to is that um, um, Stephen Furtick is a pastor at Elevation Church in South Carolina, I believe. And kudos to him, because he kind of gave us the idea for the sermon series in one sermon he did. But but he talked about how people can end up in the prison of resentment. Mm -hmm. And that to get out of the prison, you need to be set free. And that Christ is really the only one who can Mm -hmm. set us free from that kind of resentment. With Christ's help, through the Holy Spirit, yeah. And that to be able to say, you know what, I need to let that go. I'm not going to change, just like you're not going to change, Pastor Don, the politicians or, or those people. I'm not going to change the pastors who go after other Christians. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I have to be able to do is, okay, then as I lead as a pastor, what am I going to say? I mean, in a way, I've kind of cut them down in, in doing this, but it's a reminder that I want to focus on Christ's love, on forgiveness, on, hey, you know what? I know here at Good Sam that we've got very strong uh, right-leaning Republicans and we've got very strong left-leaning Democrats and a whole lot of people in between, and we're right. all one family. We are one and family. And that's what we have to focus on yeah. instead. Politics should not divide us, but it is going back to Christ. That's a really good that's reminder, because right. if we try to do this on our own, we're probably going to find ourselves not quite having the emotional energy to do it. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is going to be a, uh, something that Christ, working through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know, to do. I, I, I want to just share something. I, I can't remember. I, I don't think I said this yesterday in Good News at Noon. 
I had a medical procedure last Friday and I had to be put under for it and everything was fine, not, a, not an issue. But I remember before going under just thinking, you know, sometimes people don't wake up from being put into, under anesthesia. Hmm. And, I, and I was kind of laying there praying, you know, that things would go well, but I had such a peace about it because I know where I'm going if hmm. I don't wake up. And I thought, you know, it's really kind of nice to be able to go into a situation like that and feel contentment mm. about your spiritual Amen. self. Um, and I'm not saying that to brag, but just to say this is the benefit of belonging to Christ, that you can face situations like that saying, spiritually, I'm content. Mm. Lynn said that her resentment is more towards life's plan. That, mm. you know, she already spent time yelling at her husband since his passing, which got her nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. I, um, my, my grandpa loves to say, um, life is what happens when you're making other plans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get resentful at your like life situations, which probably is going to bring you into your next commandment. And, and, and it kind of does, because the, the third commandment is, thou shall appreciate all seasons. Mm. All seasons. Amen. And um, I'm going to read it now, but I would commend to you from Ecclesiastes, the third chapter where Solomon writes there is a time for everything and everything on earth has its special season because yeah. a lot of people live end up not being content with the season they're in because they're so busy pining for a previous season yeah. or wishing for exactly. another yeah exactly yeah. and so you miss where you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what did your grandpa say say it again? oh he just said life is what happens when you're making other plans yeah um mm-hmm. i quoted in the sermon the moment in between what you once were and who you're now becoming is where the dance of life really takes place. Mm-hmm. In other words, in the season you're in now, Barbara D'Angelo said that. And um, appreciate all seasons. I think for some people it gets hard, maybe especially as they age, but yet I see, I was thinking about it because my son's in high school and we've got high school graduation coming up, not for my son, mm-hmm. but. I remember being a senior and being, I could hardly wait to get out of high school. Because I was so done with school. And yeah. I, I wasn't a bad student or anything, but it was just like, I want to get to the next part of life, which was college. It's funny, my daughter actually says that about college. I can't yeah. wait to be done with college so I can just start working. I'm like, oh girl, <laughs> you have no, you should really appreciate the, the season, season of college. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. Right. Do you mm-hmm. think sometimes it's hard to appreciate it when you're in it? It's um, which I know sometimes we pine for old, like pe- previous seasons, but sometimes we also find that we don't appreciate this pat this season until we are past it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think almost that like can happen. you almost can see the benefits of it in retrospect. Yeah, because I mean, looking back in some of the things, you know, I've experienced in life, I think I see them differently with some history, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, it doesn't help us in the moment when, no. we, when we need to feel content with what we have. In right? The moment. No, no, I, and, I, and I get it. Um, well, let's ask that hard question. How can you be? How can you be content in a season where maybe you've lost somebody you care about? What is? How does that happen? Because I think that's that's hard. How do you? How do you tell a Lynn or somebody who's lost a loved one to be content? in that season or to appreciate 
that season that they're in because that's hard. Yeah, and I think at the moment it's almost impossible. Yeah. I think the first part is just to acknowledge that it is hard. Yeah. That there's not something wrong if you are struggling to be content in a hard season because right. it is a hard thing to do. And it probably takes that daily moment by moment remembering to rejoice in like yeah. small things that might build up that sort of release of resentment that helps you appreciate that season. Right. But I don't know if it is like an easy way to do it. Yeah. Maybe letting go. Because you, you, you yearn for what it was. You yearn for when they were here. You yearn. But to be able to know that they are not going to be here. To yeah. let that go. And when you, and in the letting go and the accepting, there is peace mm. in that. doesn't mean there's not pain and there's right. not grief right. in the loss. But what it does is it begins to help you heal and help you move on from the pain that you feel at their loss. Well, I know Miriam, our school director, talks about when she lost her first husband to cancer, how mm -hmm. she did have a piece about it, mm -hmm. but it took her, you know, a while to get there. And I think, and, and please don't take this wrong, I'm not trying to be judgmental in any way, but I think if our loved one mm -hmm. we know was in a relationship with Christ, I can have the contentment of knowing they're with him in all of his fullness, with God in all of God's fullness. But that doesn't mean I'm still not going to miss them. Mm -hmm. Right. Care about or be hurt. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I like I, I mourn a little bit of the, the loss of some of my physical abilities, and I'm not that old yet, and I'm still <laughs> in fairly good shape. But what? I am not. I can't do the things I used to be able to do, and it's frustrating because I can do all the things I used to do. <laughs> oh, can you? Because yeah. you never uh, did them yeah, to begin with. <laughs> I was never an athlete, so I never lost uh, anything. Not as good as I once was, but once I'm as good as I ever was. <laughs> Yeah. Why is it so hard to let go of those things? Like, why do we... I mean, that is the hardest part, right? Because, I mean, it's hard to let go of the idea that maybe your phys physical capabilities aren't what they were or, you know, to let go of that, that loss. or, I mean, that is a really hard thing. Aging gracefully is hard. I only know a small handful of people that are doing it. And I think they are the ones that embrace the season they're in and they... They embrace the friendships that they have now. They embrace, like my wife and I are trying to embrace this empty nester. Because, you know, when I was younger and in better shape, I had kids all the time. I'm running around doing all this stuff with the kids, taking them here, taxi dad, taxi mom. But now we don't have to be taxis. In fact, even when our kids are around, they're like, hey, I'm going out tonight. We're like, bye-bye. <laughs> um, and so I guess maybe it's more about appreciating. We tend to just think about the things in the past that we don't have now and maybe forget some of the things that we have now that we didn't have then. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any free time then. I, Tommy, soon to be mother of four. <laughs> yeah, I have tons of free time. Understand that. <laughs> and, I, and you know what? But in 18 years, you're going to have a lot of free time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you'll be older and not be as physically uh, capable of doing uh, what you can do now. But, but I'll have more time to do the things that take me longer to do. Right, because it just takes you longer to do them. That's why you need more time. So this is part of the appreciating the season. The season, yeah. for instance, that my wife and her now is a season where we have more freedom to just be spend time together, get to know each other a little bit more, uh, versus putting most of our emotional energy into our children. And we don't have grandchildren yet, so we don't have to spend a lot of time with them either. And according to both of my kids, we are never going to have grandchildren. <laughs> and... I will resent the heck out of that if that happens. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it's 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 not easy stuff. I mean, I think if we're honest and 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 as we dig into it, I I think you kind of hit it at the beginning that when you really start thinking about it, uh, Paul's right. You got to learn to be content. Mm -hmm. It's a learning Um, process, and and this thing about going back to Christ. We have freedom now because Christ made us free. This is this is continuing to going back to your faith, continuing mm-hmm. going back to the power of the Holy Spirit, and letting that work in you. Saying thank you for what you have, asking God to take the resentments from you that seem to boil up in all of our lives, whatever those resentments are in your life, and just asking Christ again and again, help me remember the season I'm in. Help me remember the good things about this season. Paul right. said, "I've learned to be content whether I have a little or a lot." Yep whether I'm hungry or I'm full. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, how he you know, helps me say, you know what, today I'll be content with this day. Yeah. And Lynn said, then you... Are the only grandparent for all the grandkids I have. Right. And see, there's a the thing about, like, for instance, that season that Lynn's in, something to appreciate about that season, she's a grandparent. Yep. I mean, I'm not a grandparent. I would someday like to be a grandparent, and I think that'll be fun. Um, but that's not the season I'm in. But maybe that day when I'm older and I'm even less physically capable than I am now, <laughs> I can still be a grandparent. You know, so every season has its um, strengths and weaknesses, and maybe that's just part of learning to live in the season that you're in. Yeah. yeah. So this was our third in the Ten Commandments or the Contentment Commandments. Yes. Seven to go. <laughs> yeah, and Connie is re- remembering it. Thanks, Connie, for remembering that. The two basketball teams and the one guy saying, I'm going to take the old guy. <laughs> that. You resent that. Feed <laughs> me off, let me tell you. He still resents me. <laughs> <laughs> still carry a little resentment for that. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's just part of the season. In fact, maybe that I can still play basketball when I'm in my 50s is something I should be thankful for rather than resent that I can't play like I played when I was in my 20s. Maybe I can start in my 60s. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Yeah. I might just be content with not yeah. <laughs> starting. But, yeah. Well, Pastor Don's going to be looking at the fifth and sixth, yeah, no, fourth and fifth commandments right. this coming weekend. Oh my gosh, I had those. What were they? The first one is... Thou um, shalt keep a secret stash. Thou shalt keep a secret stash. That one... You want to be I'm gonna, here. I'm going oh, to make you wait for that one because it's very interesting um, as I'm kind of working that one out a little bit. Thou shalt keep a secret stash. And then this, the next one is thou shalt not confuse the supply with the source. You do not want to miss church. Yeah, it's going to be good. Or deeper next week. Those are hard, too. They're not as hard as these two. These two are, are very, very hard. But the next two, I think, are going to have, have some pretty insightful things to learn as well from God's Word. So Great. join us. So we want to thank those of you listening to the podcast, Good News from Good Sam. And if you want more information about Good Samaritan, go to goodsamlv.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I hope you all have a good rest of your day. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper.
And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.